My name is Russ Shaw. This is Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, episode number 116. sin is not just the doing of bad things, but the making of good things into ultimate things. It is seeking to establish a sense of self by making something else more central to your significance, purpose, and happiness than your relationship to God. Dr. Tim Keller says in The Reason for God, sin is the despairing refusal to find your deepest identity in your relationship and service to God. Sin is seeking to become oneself, to get an identity apart from Him. John 13:34, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. 1 Corinthians 13, for love is patient and kind, love does not envy or boast, it is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. The goal is the new commandment. How will you define love? Philippians 3, 12, 15, ESV, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. 13 brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and stringing forward to what lies ahead, 14 I press on, toward the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature, think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. My name is Russ Shaw, and I am your host. 
drive with me and just hang out and be. You know, I mean, that's the big thing. If I could just be for a while, that's that's the thing about Sabbath. I love that uh, whole series of shows going through Sabbath and uh, just just time to be, time to be you. And that's why I'm doing this part of this series of shows with the identity theft and talking about that because something has taken our ability to to be right to just just be whether it's uh, guilt depression or anxiety whatever it is just being in this journey of life and just being you through it playing a little independent music for you here today that band is uh, its one of those things, you know, you see a person and you always hear that old cliche, it's almost right, like don't judge a book by its cover. You don't always know what's going on in the situation in the heart of a person by looking at them. And when you hear that music, you think California, right? That band is from California. One of those California party bands out on the beach. You know, maybe they got a house in Malibu and they play like clubs down there and bars and taverns down on the beach in SoCal, right? That that band gotta be. No, actually, Ray Daytona and the Gugubamos are from Italy. <laughs> it's a band from Italy, from Italia. Yes, I am the pizza guy playing some Italian music for you today. How do you like that? I know, doesn't sound Italian at all. Blow up that cognitive dissidence for you, right there. Sounds like uh, sounds like Pulp Fiction, don't it? It's a, it's a movie near and dear to my heart. Pulp Fiction. Don't watch it, all right? If you're you got some issues, I mean, it's got some sexual stuff on there and some stuff going on. But you know, I was a I wasn't a, like a, a gangster guy like that. But I had been in the, the drug business and. I've, I've cavorted with gangsters and roughneck, scary people like that. So, uh, I love that movie. I love that line from uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson in that film, especially towards the end of the movie. But, uh, uh, yeah, identity theft. Here we go. The Eighth Commandment. Thou shalt not steal. Right? One verse, three words. Didn't I say that a while back? Like, don't don't always trust the pastor who's doing long sermons on short verses. That's <laughs> exactly what I'm doing, isn't it? I know. Hypocrite. At least I could admit it. All right? I've always had this philosophy that you're either going to... You're either going to be a hypocrite or admit that you are one. All right? You're in one of those two camps. Everybody is. At one point in your life, everybody goes through this, right? You look back and you, you've become what you hate. It's like, oh, crap, I'm, I'm, I'm that guy? Really? Oh, man, that is not good. I don't know. So, got some energy today. Let it out on you here. Love you guys. Um, I've always respected folks who've had good energy. And that's one thing about churches that you can meet folks and sometimes they may be a little stuffy and they may be a little judgmental and they may be a little religious, but if you can look under that layer, right, uh, of that, you can meet some pretty cool people, right? I mean, some some people, some motorheads, some 
some dudes who've got their stuff together and live life in a way that's pretty freaking cool. Um, I've always thought that living life like a dragster going down the track is is good, right? Like I'm not all in with this, you know, living a boring life and leaving a, you know, just checking out, punching the clock and you live your life. And, and sure, there's some good to that, but you can still live your life too. Like what you do for a living is, is you know, can there can be some great humbleness in, in, in people that make, I mean, if that's your calling to live that life, that's great. But live your life outside of that. Love people and have you know, social interactions and have life that's that's beautiful and good and, and like that, that dragster running down the strip, you know, that's the law, the Ten Commandment law is kind of like the, the boundaries on the sides. I mean, if you're going to go straight down the track and you're going to have this awesome ride of life, um, it's cool to have boundaries because you don't want to smash into the wall, right? We've all seen that. Like, wow, that is a train wreck right there. That is spectacular. Look at the pieces flying off that. You think that guy's okay? It's a good thing he's got a roll cage. Uh, I think he's on fire. It's a good thing that suit doesn't catch fire. I mean, right? I mean, that's our lives. It's one cool thing about the law and one cool thing about some Christian folks. You meet them and, and they've got things together and that's, that's good, right? There's goodness to that. As long as they're not too religious and judgmental and push people away. I mean, they need to repent of that. That's why, you know, repenting from religion. Because you folks who are out there that may be listening, right? You're listening for that friend or something, right? Um, you, you need to be more loving to the people in your community. The people who are a mess like myself. The people who are a mess like the person who told you to listen to me. Um, you need to cultivate your community because honestly if you're going to a church that's not growing um, nickels and noses right I've heard that man the gospel is good news and good news is attractive and your church should be growing numerically that's just the way it ought to be speaking about ought to be's anyway love you guys just had to throw that out there here's some more independent music this band's called Taking Apart. Here you go.
praying that out. Like, I don't know what you want from me. What do you, what Jesus, please, what do you want from me? They're feeling like that. That is taken apart. See, I can play the full songs when it's independent bands that are pod safe music. And, and, uh, yeah. So hopefully you appreciate that if you're a connoisseur of rock and roll. If not, I can just, I don't know, I'm fast forwarding through. I can see some of you, like, you know, newsboys, Michael W. Smith fans are just, oh, Russ, dude, I don't know. I think this is polluting my soul. I don't know. I'm messing with you. All right. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I love you guys. I do. Uh, this is uh, this is rock and roll, man. This is independent music. This is the music that resonates with my heart, and um, it's raw and real and honest. And I don't know. So here you go. Here's some more. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. That's Quentin Tarantino's movie, Pulp Fiction. The, the, when he had a heart, right? I mean, gifted storyteller. Whatever happened to that guy? I, I, I don't know. I, I love uh, good stories. I love that the guy is blessed with that. And he had some semblance of, of Jesus and maybe it was all religion. I don't know. But there's a, there was a message to that film that he has not been able to top. And uh, I love that. That's uh, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> quoting Ezekiel. Love that. And one of the big things about this series of shows and my story and really waking up to who I am and not just that, but who I am in relationship to God. It's like I've said a lot of times in the show, we all have a relationship with God. My relationship with God and, and my identity and who He's created me to be, all of this goes to what you believe in, in, you know, be mindful of this critical reasoning class I just listened to at, at Oxford University and, and talking about where the truth lies, right? Because part of who we are is, is where we're grounded and where our foundations lay. You know, we all have some kind of pillars and some kind of a, a foundation that, that hits the ground somewhere, and that's what we bring to is truth, right? That's that's our truth. And it's not always the truth. Uh, for example, I've had uh, a few shows ago talking about this, um, you know, guys living 
right? Not committing in, in marriage to women and, and me being sensitive to that, but at the same time realizing at the roots of what love is, how we demonstrate love and how we define love, replacing love with fear because it might not work out, you know, prenuptial agreements and, and just kind of living together and not having any kind of, I don't really care to get married. I guess I get, I get that, but I, I want you to focus on why and maybe look into your heart as to why. Do you love this person you're with forever? And reasoning that out in your own mind, yeah, I do, but what if it doesn't work out? But, you know, get the but in there. The but isn't love. The what ifs aren't love. Part of love is taking a leap of faith. Yeah, it might not work out. This person might betray you, abandon you. I mean, that's why we get to know each other before we start having sex. There's a, a weird like heart intercepting thing that goes on when we're physical in relationship before we get to know one another. It almost takes a kind of replacement driver's seat to the intimacy of getting to know one another. Like if I, if I share this, am I not gonna get sex later? Do you know what I'm saying? Especially guys, right? Like, if I share this thing about me, this weekend I'd really like to have sex with my girlfriend, but I'm afraid to share this part of me because it might upset her and then we won't be making love or having sex or whatever it is. So I'm just going to keep that. I'm just going to shut up about that and hopefully things work out this weekend because the, the big thing is sex, right? And for a lot of guys, that is uh, the big deal, the big idea, the, the thing that we're chasing in the relationship we want sex so badly especially as sexual addicts that it replaces intimacy because listen man I don't just buy all of this stuff as some kind of a you know I, I mean I talk about leaps of faith and I think it's important to have faith but at the same time I have totally scrutinized the whole Christian ethic on sexuality I have scrutinized it man I've got under the the hood of it and, and took out parts and you know why does this work this way and why does it seem so rigid and close-minded and you know why do doctors and psychologists and PhDs say that the Bible has such a, a short little you know perspective on sexuality and old-fashioned ancient kind of look at how we're supposed to be sexually well I've really weighed these things right? I'm not here to shove the Jesus pill down your throat. I'm not here to talk to you about my narcissistic morality, right? And how it has a lot, you know, less to do with morality and, and ethics and more to do with how we define love. What is love? The angst in his eyes tonight has nothing to do with fear Tonight what he's gonna try, he knows we'll leave her in tears The question he would ask, the answer she would give The relief that yes could bring, boom, now he's suffering
You won't wear your whitest dress. I will wear my finest shirt. You will have the brightest smile, and I'll give you the world. And I will never love anybody else as long as I live, as long as I live. And I will never love anybody else as long as I live. I promise you Tears in her eyes tonight are just what he desired. He whispers in her ear, "My love, you're beautiful, love, so beautiful." And the ring you wear, it does not compare, my love. You will wear your whitest dress. I will wear my finest shirt. You will have the brightest smile, and I'll give you the world. And I will never love anybody else as long as I live, as long as I live. And I will. Things I've learned and I've hammered a lot in this show is there's a big difference between Jesus and Christian religion. A huge difference. And it has to do with how we define love. Who Jesus God is love, right? It's not just gonna make your life easier. Sometimes things get worse. And and you know, there's this kind of name it and claim it thing out there that you know you become a Christian and you get to boss God around and tell him what to do that's that's just simply not true and some of you have fallen for that and some of you are like me and you 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 know I tried that whole Christian thing and it didn't work right that's that's not Jesus you didn't try Jesus you didn't build that relationship build it on your side because he's after you that's why you're listening I'm, I'm convinced of that 
This is no accident. Jesus loves you and he's after you. And it doesn't always make your life easier. You know, these guys with their messages of prosperity and there's a guy, listen, right now there's a guy in a, a Chinese prison probably hanging on a wall or being water tortured because he's a Christian. Okay? Because he's chose to love on people there and spread the message of the gospel. It's not always going to make your life easier. That's a myth. Loving someone else and denying yourself isn't always going to make life easier. But it will make life more full and rewarding. And it's beautiful. And there is reward. And Jesus does say, I will give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Your life is meaning and purpose. These things are true. And how you define love has everything to do with your identity. Your real true identity. If you're a Christian, you are blood-bought by Jesus Christ. And you have a different way of answering the question of what is love than the rest of the world who only sees the surface. Right? Another way we get mixed up with our relationship with God is realizing that God gives good gifts. Okay? That's Luke 11, 11. Right? Uh, that whole parable of which of you would give good gifts to your kids? If you who are evil want to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Father in Heaven want to give good gifts to you? Right? If you ask for a, a fish, is he going to give you a rock? No. You ask for you ask for an egg, will he give you a scorpion? No. He will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. God will give the Holy Spirit, right? I'm thinking of a dad who he gives good gifts to his kids, but they're all just surface stuff, right? Buys them things, new jeans, you know, education. I love you. I'm going to give you this stuff. God is bigger than that. I mean, we, we don't realize, we don't know when we ask for stuff and, and our prayers aren't answered and God says no, what we're asking for. God wants to give good gifts, deeper gifts. What if the guy who loves his kids, the, the rich guy, so to speak, right, instead of giving them stuff, he, he has to give them things from his heart. He wants to give them things from his heart. Um, wisdom, like the book of Proverbs is a, a man writing letters to his son who he loves, giving him good gifts. God gives us that book of Proverbs to give us good gifts. It's one of those type of things. A father giving his son treasures for the soul rather than just a new iPad or a new car right? God wants to give good gifts. So just realize that looking back at how we, you know, view God and, and how we view our 
relationship with him. You see, what it is is, you know, if you heard that term before, well, you know, what it is is, what it, what it, what it could be, might be, um, so it's getting underneath that. So do you really see that? I, I guess that's my question, and that's why I'm so big on marriage. I heard a, a somebody, an author, female author, I thought it was brilliant, um, said that, you know, these lovey-dovey feelings, not a Christian, this woman, and she was talking about how marriage keeps you together when you don't feel like you're in love until the opportunity for love to present itself again in the context of that relationship. I, I, I just thought that was beautiful and so true. You know, these feelings, love is not a feeling, it's not simply an emotion, it is a deep spiritual truth. God is love. In love is the essence and character of who God is. Right? And that's true. So, you know, I'm, I'm still a mess, but I'm growing and learning and learning to love my wife better and how I, I speak her language, right? Like your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, has a certain way they communicate in a certain language. It's underneath the words they say. Learning my wife's language. I got that from the book, uh, Tender Warrior. Learning to uh, be a, a linguist and learning to love my wife and figure out how she speaks. And I'm, I'm not... I'm learning that, man. I'm learning how to get outside myself, not be so angry. Learn to really listen to my wife and her heart. And it's a, it's a passion of mine to, to really learn that skill because I love her. Because I love her. And I'm not perfect at it. I may not even be good at it at this point. But I'm better than I was a year ago. I am better than I was a year ago. And that's the difference in our identity of seeing this exchange between short-term happiness, short-term hits of pleasure versus long-term joy in seeing our legacy unfold, the ripple effect of what we've done, who we are, and the good that we put forth into this, this world, right? But not just that but seeing who Jesus is. Because all the downloads and all the programs that I could buy to protect my identity, right? Like you, using that metaphor, the identity thief, and you can buy all this software and you can, you know, hire all these different groups in case you do get, you know, to help you. All of that stuff is, is pale in comparison to what, right, the devil, the enemy, the hater of your soul wants to do to you and wants to trick you into believing who you are and that's really who our father is who loves us he's trying to persuade us and pull us closer to him and bring us out of our short-term pleasures and our definitions of of short-term happiness kind of love right it's so important that we don't invest in these this thing here Right on the planet, this earth that's going to burn and be destroyed. The devil wants to keep you here. Right? And he doesn't want you to have long term pleasure. You know, the devil's flirting with a very, a very um, holy 
precious, sweet thing that God made, a, a very intense pleasure that God made, and he's perverting it, and, and it's, it, it's a dangerous business for our enemy. And I'm praying that it will backfire on him in your life, that you will see who you are in relationships to God. And the Apostle Paul uses this analogy a lot. Um, Romans 13, verse 12. The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. It's this taking off, putting on this new identity. So reading this book by Randy Alcorn called The Treasure Principle, great book, I strongly recommend it. And talking about where we invest in, I talked about the last few shows about what we gravitate towards, right? It, emotionally, spiritually, we're gravitating towards treasure. Um, what if, right, thinking about this metaphor with the identity thief, what if I could tell you, I watched this movie also to go into the same um, point I'm trying to make here. Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, the second, uh, the sequel to a movie that came out 20 years ago called Wall Street. And really interesting story of, of redemption, of greed, of what drives a person really. What really drives us. It's a very revealing movie. I love this film. Um, what if you could go, what if I came to you I said, I want you to trust me because what you're putting, you're investing in, what you're, the counts you're drawing out of are all going to dry up and be gone, okay? This, what you think of, of capitalism and how the system works for you behind your eyes in your own economy, what if that's all going to dry up and, and go like the stock market did here in the States, like the real estate market did here in the States? What if you could get ahead of that and sell out, right, before that whole thing crashed down around you. That would be good news, wouldn't it? In the stock market, I, I did some trading in the stock market, and there's like bulls and bears, and you might hear that a lot in the news and financial news. Bears are when the stock market is like it is now. It's starting to come back, right? It's trying to, but bears are are stagnant or dropping. Um, when the bears are running, it's, it's not good news. When the bulls are running, it's great news because the, there's economic growth, there's buzz, there's people investing and putting money into the market. That's when the bulls are running. I heard a guy say that uh, a blind dog with a note in his mouth could make money in the stock market when the bulls are running, okay? It's not hard to make money in the stock market when the market is bullish, okay? Now, you've maybe heard that term before too, being bullish. What if you were bullish on this spiritual life, on this new life? What if you knew that that, that other market right? The thieving, stealing, taking, investing in surface junk. What if you knew that that was going to dry up and die and you could get out and invest in what was going to give you long-term real life dividends that would pay out for eternity? Would you trust me to tell you that that is true? 
get out of that old identity. Stop investing in that old identity. It's dead. If you become a Christian, if you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is selling out of that old economy. Alright? That lust-filled taking, taking things that aren't yours with your eyes, stuff like that. You're stealing and finding joy in that. What if it's going to crash? And I know it will. And I love you and I want to speak truth into your life. Colossians chapter 1, this is from the Amplified Bible, because I'm, I'm an Amplified guy, so I like the Amplified translation. Uh, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing in his resurrection from the dead, aim and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not the things that are here on earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So kill, deaden deprave the power, the evil desires lurking in your members, those animal impulses, and all that is earthly in you, that is employed in sin, sexual vice, impurity, sensual appetites, unholy desires, and greed and covetousness, for this is idolatry, the defying of self and other created things instead of God. Verse 6, and this is where the market is going to crash, right? The book of Revelations is all about how the market is going to crash. The spiritual market. Verse 6, it is on account of these very sins that the holy anger of God is ever coming upon the sons of disobedience, those who are obscenely opposed to the divine will. Verse 7, Among whom you also have walked when you were living and addicted to such practices. But now, put away and get rid of yourselves completely. All of these things, anger, rage, bad feeling towards others, cursing and slanders, and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. Do not lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old and regenerate self with its evil practices, and have clothed yourselves with a new spiritual self, which is ever in the process of being renewed and remodeled into the full and more perfect knowledge upon knowledge after the image, the likeness of him who created it. I love that. It's the new market. I hope you guys get that in your heart, in your spirit, that God loves you. Be bullish on Jesus, okay? That's what Randy Alcorn says. I love that. Yolanda, I thought you were going to be cool. Now when you yell at me, it makes me nervous. And when I get nervous, I get scared. And when motherfuckers get scared, that's when motherfuckers accidentally get shot. Just know, 
You hurt him. You die. Well, that seems to be the situation. But I don't want that. And you don't want that. And Ringo here definitely doesn't want that. So let's see what we can do. Now, here's the situation. Normally, both your asses would be dead as fucking fried chicken. But you happen to pull this shit while I'm in a transitional period, and I don't want to kill you. I want to help you. But I can't give you this case, because it don't belong to me. Besides, I've been through too much shit over this case this morning to just hand it over to your dumb ass. Vincent! <laughs> Be cool! Yolanda! It's cool, baby! It's cool! We still just talking. Come on, point the gun at me! Point the gun at me! There you go. Now, Vincent, you just hang back and don't do a goddamn thing. Tell him you're still cool. Still cool, honey bunny. How we doing, baby? I, I gotta go pee. I'm gonna go home. Just hang in there, baby. You're doing great. I'm proud of you. And Ringo's proud of you. It's almost over. Tell her you're proud of her. Proud of you, honey bunny. I love you. I love you too, honey bunny. Now, I want you to go in that bag and find my wallet. Which one is it? It's the one that says bad motherfucker. That's it. That's my bad motherfucker. Open it up. Take out the money. Count it. How much is that? About fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, put it in your pocket. It's yours. Now with the rest of those wallets in the register, that makes this a pretty successful little score, huh? Jules, you give that fucking Nimrod fifteen hundred dollars and I'll shoot him on general principle. No, Yolanda, Yolanda, he ain't gonna do a goddamn motherfucking thing. Bitch, shut the fuck up! Shut up! Come on, Yolanda, stay with me, baby. Now, I ain't giving it to him, Vincent. I'm buying something for my money. Wanna know what I'm buying, Ringo? What? Your life. I'm giving you that money so I don't have to kill your ass. You read the Bible, Ringo? Not regularly, no. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you. I've been saying that shit for years. And if you heard it, that meant your ass. I never gave much thought to what it meant. I just thought it was some cold-blooded shit to say to a motherfucker before I popped a cap in his ass. I saw some shit this morning made me think twice. See, now I'm thinking, maybe it means you're the evil man and I'm the righteous man. And Mr. Nine Millimeter here, 
He's the shepherd protecting my righteous ass in the valley of darkness. Or it could mean you're the righteous man and I'm the shepherd. And it's the world that's evil and selfish. Now, I'd like that. But that shit ain't the truth. The truth is you're the weak and I'm the tyranny of evil men. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. That's the strange thing about the gospel. It's like some of the, and just maybe it's the company that I've been around and some of the folks that I've talked to and some of the, you know, the resonating fact of love on the human heart when it sees the devastation of the past and, and what light has been shined on us and knowing that light, right? Not even just feeling it, but knowing it as truth. How it changes someone. It's like the most jacked up among us. Over the religious people get it, it seems like to me. The people that think they've done good. It's like Luke 13 with, you know, we're going through that book in our in a church and Pastor Mark talking about the, the, la the least will be first and the first among this world, that whole surface invested thing, the, the first will be, will be least in, in the kingdom of God. Jesus is constantly talking about the kingdom of God over the kingdom of this world because it's garbage and it's going to die and it's going to burn and it's all going down like the stock market in the 20s and that's the truth I love you guys, God loves you guys and he's pulling you pursuing you trying to persuade you sometimes it's painful will see in that day what's real. My name is Russ Shaw. Um, again, if you want to download any of the songs that are on the, the podcast here, you can go to the website, asi247.org, click on the music tab and uh, and click on the, the, the button, right? The iTunes or whoever you want to download the songs from. Um, I'm going to leave with a song by Blake this guy's an artist in the UK. And we just give our lives to Jesus. You don't get cleaned up and then bring yourself to your father, right? I love that part of the, the the prodigal son story where, you know, he probably smells like pig crap, right? And his father's running towards him, wraps his arms around him, you know? You don't get cleaned up, clean yourself up, present yourself to God. It doesn't work that way. You bring, you come back to your father. I love you. Help me. I'm bankrupt. I need to invest in a new kingdom. Then he wraps his arms around us and accepts us. It's a miracle. The grand miracle, as C.S. Lewis said. Just let him change you. Submit to God because you're going to submit to something surrender to him because he's the best to surrender to.
understand that he's a good, loving authority. And uh, let him change you. Here's Blake. Love you guys. Till next time. Bye.